Let me ask you this. Have you ever gone to write an Instagram post or maybe it's Sunday afternoon and you think, I might sit down and refresh some of my website copy. I might do a little DIY job on it. And you sit down and you think, hang on, what am I supposed to say here? What is my about page really about? Or you've heard this term brand story and gone, huh? What's a brand story? What's that? Isn't that for big companies with massive marketing budgets of which I am none of those? Well, my guest today, Shay Aligaza Castro, is here to answer all of those questions. She's here to share with us what makes our copy authentic and how you can inject personality without feeling like a weirdo. But just quietly, we love weirdos, so don't worry if that's you. We also dive into the origins of Shay's business, Come Alive Co. And once you hear her story, you'll realize how fitting that name really is. As you'll hear, we recorded this episode on International Women's Day 2021, just been. And so before we dive in, I want to share a special note with you. I want to say how significant this time really is. And as female founders, I challenge you to continue your incredible work because what we are doing now is going to impact the possibilities for generations to come no pressure right i see you all i see you all every day i'm in conversation with many of you all the time online offline and i want to take a moment to honor the hard work you are doing building a business especially a small business if it's you or a small team is not easy and each and every one of you has this incredible story inside of you that i hope one day we will be able to hear. So without further ado, let's get into episode 80 of the True To You podcast. Welcome to the True To You podcast, your go-to show for practical wisdom to build a meaningful and creative small business. You'll find content on marketing, mindset, and tons of experts who want to help you grow a thriving small business that you truly love. My guests are exceptionally creative women building businesses from their zone of genius, all while balancing many other roles in their life. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. to the True To You podcast, Shay. It's beautiful to have you today uh, beaming in from San Diego. Yes, San Diego. I like to say we're the Australia of the USA. It's so warm here. We love the beach. People here are so friendly. I am such a fan of visiting Australia myself. So I am so glad to be here, Ruby. Thank you for having me. Uh, We are already kindred spirits in that, (laughs) definitely, because I'm a bit of a beach babe as well. So it's International Women's Day 
in the US and we've just had International Women's Day in Australia and New Zealand. And I think this, this is really fitting to have an incredible woman like yourself on the podcast to really celebrate your gifts, but also the work that you do with your mastermind community and all of your clients, I'm sure, but having the pleasure of speaking to a fellow uh, boss babe who's just an absolute delight. Can I say, whenever her posts come across my feed, I am just always either laughing or smiling as I am right now because I'm thinking of just how gorgeous she is and supporting her community. You've got so much to give. And yeah, I really, really appreciate you for that. So thank you for joining us, Shay. Goodness, Ruby, I have to return the accolades to you. We are just sunshines colliding into one another. If that's a thing, it is now. Ruby, you you just love your community so well, how you serve them to, as we say here at Come Alive Code, you help them come alive in their gifts and their audacious vision. And anybody who doesn't know Ruby, if this is your first time listening, this is just going to be a ball of sunshine across your feet or ears or whatever, <laughs> across your ears. And I just, I'm just so grateful that you're having me here and that you and I are both doing our work with women on different sides of the world. We're going to dive into the, the work that Shay does because I I love copywriting and the branding work, but this is absolutely Shay's specialty and you'll get you'll get a feel for that for sure from her content and I think she's a great person to listen to because her following your following is super engaged and you really nail it. So I, I'm so glad that we get to share some of your, your wisdom today. First thing I want to dive into though is your journey, your career journey and how you got to start Come Alive Co. After leaving at the top of your career, having a myriad of adventures around the world, you look like you've been everywhere. <laughs> including Australia in that time, perhaps. And so, I mean, what led you to, to say, I'm, I'm done with the corporate world. I think there's something more out there for me. Ruby, our, it's like our origin story, right? Yeah. Like of our own, right? And Marvel needs to make movies about us. <laughs> yeah. But so I want to be the first to say, or I want to say first for everyone listening, I did not know what I wanted to be when I grew up. And so if you're here listening and you're like, oh, I'm kind of floating in the abyss. I'm not sure where to go. That's so many of us. I knew when I was six years old, though, that I was meant to have an impact on the world. And that was a crazy story. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about that later or not. But I didn't know what that meant. Flash forward to to college and then after college, I started working in public relations because I thought that I could connect to people. And yet I found I was connecting more to journalists. And thankfully, social media was on the uprise during this time. And so I was invited by a college friend to work at an advertising agency. And that's where I really discovered the world of social media strategy, the ability to connect to customers one to like one to one, almost like having a conversation online versus what traditional advertising is, which is a billboard to many. 
And so I really came alive in my own right of being able to have conversations on the fly from a brand voice. But after working in that industry for about 12 years, even though I was really successful at it, Ruby, as many of us are in our careers, because we really give it all we have as these really passionate women, I still wasn't feeling like I was feeling true to myself. That six-year-old Shay who said, I meant to impact the world. I was certainly making an impact on business, businesses' bottom lines, like working with Toyota and GoDaddy at the Super Bowl, Will I Am. I was definitely making them millions, if not billions of dollars. But I thought, what about the impact that I want to have? What about the change that I can affect as a woman, especially a woman of color? How can I make societies and people as a whole more on a one-to-one -one level than just working for cars or printers, et cetera? And so this really led me into a depression, which sucked because I didn't have the language for that growing up. Mental health was not discussed as a Filipina American growing up in the church family. But thankfully, I just, I knew that there was something more for me than to sit at, on my ground, my floor in my room, hating my job. I knew that we are not meant to hate our jobs because we spend 80% of our lives at our workplaces. So why would I be dreading the next day only to look forward to the weekend or to an adventure? And so I really did something big and I left, I left at the top of my career. I was winning awards and I was being offered to move to New York and work for big festivals around the country and just have that fun life. And yet again, I just really had to follow my intuition and know there was more. And so that led me, like you said, on this six month trip around the world, it was a humanitarian trip where I got to connect with women in Thailand and in India and in Hawaii, build orphanages and encourage young adults in a tea house in what is known as the suicide capital of India. And it's so interesting, Ruby, because despite how our culture seemed to be different, I noticed two unifying things between us all as women. The first is that no matter where we're from, we are each, we're all human. We all have a level of dignity and respect that is deserved for us. And yet being in cultures, especially patriarchal ones, we aren't often afforded as women the opportunity to dream, much less go after that vision. And so that broke my heart, Ruby. And then when I came back to San Diego, I really took that heart to help women come alive in their unique gifts and their audacious vision. With my background of copywriting and brand strategy and building businesses to create Come Life Co, where we now help women do that through the power of the stories that we tell others and ourselves. Gosh, I think that doing that sort of travel and I've not done quite that extensive travel yet in my life and I think though the opportunity to have different cultural experiences is not only enriching but we need those occasionally don't we because we get so caught up in the four walls and especially in western culture so much of it of our success is externalized isn't it so we go from having this external view of what success is and like you said getting all of those awards and travel and everything that you thought this is what i meant to be doing and I feel as well that our generation in particular uh, my father's from uh, migrant parents as well and so his his generation certainly were taking the lead but really it was 
myself and my cousins that had to really step up and feel obliged to carry on this this new dream because they had come you know after the war and things like this and starting a whole new life and so I think part of it is that we we don't want to disappoint people around us do we and this depression that we feel or uh, this anxiety we just learn to live with it because we're so scared of what might be on the other side if we turn away from it. So I think those experiences that you had must have been incredible because they really showed you that success can look something completely different. And so there's so many people that say that you don't need a lot to be happy and you you need to have that experience with those cultures to really understand that, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, gratitude is truly in being present and knowing yourself and being open and engaged with the world around us. And I love what you said about the fear of disappointment, Ruby. I heard this quote recently that our number one job in life is to disappoint as many people as possible. And that like makes my whole body tense up in fear because as a Filipino American, just the Asian culture in general is about making sure everyone else is appeased and happy, even above your happiness. But exactly as you said, it's International Women's Day and we are now the new generation that's showing the generations to come what's possible for women when we put ourselves first because we can pour out better when we fill up our cups. Mm, mm. And you just had a CEO weekend. Is that right? Tell us a little bit about that, what, what that involves and how often you do that. And yeah, talk to me about this because I know that this has probably come from a mutual friend of ours, but I would love for you to share your experience of, of doing that. This is slightly moving away from your career journey, but I think this is also a way that we can tap into those experiences without having to take a massive overseas trip every year. And I know that we're a little bit limited by that right now, but these are opportunities. So I'd love for you to share what the CEO weekend or CEO day concept is. And I do want to speak to everyone listening to this podcast. You are the CEO of your blooming business and you are the CEO of your own life. So you get to call the shots and don't let anybody else call those shots for you. That is the power of running your own business and also filling up your own cup for an even greater life. And so this CEO weekend was all about being aligned. And it was from a mutual friend, possibly if you're thinking Grace from Quench Collective, but she really tells us to not just focus on the business that you're cultivating, business of you. And honestly, Ruby, Again, I was just so feeling off center. Like I am so in touch with myself that I know when I'm not rooted in my values or my vision. And as a freelancer or CEO, or you run a small business, whatever you call yourself, we cannot lead others if we don't have a vision to lead ourselves first. And so your number one goal as a business owner is not being in the weeds, doing admin things, et cetera. And Ruby help you have a greater picture for your life than you do currently if that's what you're looking for help with but as a leader we need to be able to cast the vision so the people behind us will follow whether that's our 
employees or the people that we serve, our clients. And so this weekend, I went away for the weekend. I had a hotel here in Diego. It was easy. It was um, just 15 minutes away from me because I needed to create that separate space for me to expand. And I think that is such a good lesson, Ruby, is that we've been home for so long that we need to set spaces for our mind and our body to really expand into the role that we're stepping up into. And so this weekend, I thought that I was going to get a lot of work things done when really what I needed was to realign with my body and center myself. And so that looked like me dancing wildly, doing alignment exercises like meditation and visualization and prayer and gratitude and really just letting loose. I think when we start running businesses, we think that we have to operate a certain way. And yet we have to all remember that there's like a 10-year-old version inside of us that is waiting to come alive and be unbridled and really push forth those gifts that you've always had within you. And when we let her come out and express herself, our businesses are made so much better. So I'm just feeling so much more centered today, Ruby. And I really, really encourage all of you women listening, as much as you pour out to others, be sure to fill up your cup because the overflow will come from that. Yes, yes. And I think whether you can go away, whether you can take a few hours every week away from your computer screen, away from your phone. And I know for me, the thing I love to do is going for a walk in in the bush here because we have beautiful, you know, beautiful uh, forests, eucalypt forests. And it's it's just such a pleasure to to go bushwalking and really clear the mind and not have to think or worry. No one's going to bother you. No one, you don't have to get back to any emails, but really taking that pressure off yourself and that allows that space for you to dream. I don't think you can cram it in. I'll do an hour of vision work (laughs) before I go to my, uh, my meeting or answer all of these emails you can do that. It's not, I'm not saying it's impossible, but really dedicating the space like you did is, is so important. And it, it fills you up, like you say, for days and probably weeks to come. That means that you don't have to do it every single week. You don't have to take a weekend away to, to feel refreshed. Yeah, exactly. And CEOs of big businesses have quarterly vision statements and setting anyways. I truly believe that we can treat ourselves as the CEOs of the big businesses that we are forecasting. Treat yourself like the most important person in your business. You are. Mm -hmm. So let's shift a little into your business journey in particular, what that's been like, because I've been through the corporate path myself and definitely there's so much you pick up from that environment that is key when you are in business. There's the structure and uh, the process and all of those things that you you get to learn about, the the way we onboard clients and a myriad of things. But I think once we start in our own business journey, we can certainly take some of those things with us, but it's, it's very different. <laughs> it's very, very different and no one really can be fully prepared for what that's going to be like. I would love for you to share what some of the 
highs and lows have been maybe the the moments that really get you out of bed and then on the flip side some things that have been really big lessons for you that maybe you went into it thinking I've got all the tools this is going to be fine I just take what I've learned in an agency and then replicate that for small business and as we say in Australia she'll be right <laughs> it's all going to work out so yeah, talk to me about this journey. What what's some of those highs and lows been for you? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I love that you said that, Ruby. Nothing can prepare us for entrepreneurship, but it's almost like nothing can really prepare you for childbirth or any of these big milestones in our life. And I don't have children, but I have nieces and nephews whom I love. And we do, we look so much externally, like we talked about about approval. We look externally to see how we can run our businesses or how we can raise our kids and yet as women we just are so centered on our intuition mm. and so i do want to say that i do i'll share a story of what gets me out of bed so when i was starting my entrepreneur journey i had a friend who was also starting his and he was a really talented photographer he was just really years ahead of his skill level because i just truly believe it was his god given gift. And it really made him come alive, Ruby. Like he would just go out in nature and just really engage with nature with his photographs. And he was even awarded like a top photographer of the year or something in San Diego. But the business side didn't come as easily to him. And so I watched him put pedal to the metal, always looking for ways to sell his work or get featured in galleries. But the more he went along this path, the more he got discouraged mm. to the point where he put his camera away and it's collecting dust currently in a closet somewhere. And now he's back to working for somebody that really doesn't treat him as well as he would want. He's not making that impact through the work that he's doing currently. And as you and I were both corporate dropouts, Ruby, we left our <laughs> we left our businesses, the businesses we were working for, because we knew there was a fire inside us to do something greater with our talents and our audacious vision. And so it really breaks my heart. Friends like that one have this big, big vision for their life and have these gifts that no one else can replicate. And yet they walk away from it because they don't have the skills or the training to get there. And so looking at my background working in agencies, you get to wear so many different hats and I've done social media strategy, copywriting, brand strategy, but also business development and winning pitches that won millions to billions of dollars for my clients. So I thought it is truly my responsibility and gift to the world to help even more people come alive in their audacious vision by giving them the tools to get there, which I believe is brand story. So that, that truly is what gets me out of bed. I think about all the people who would not have the courage to go forward or do not have the tools to bring their words out into the world. Because I truly believe as a copywriter that our words create our world. And so giving people the tools to do that, who am I to not share with my gift? And so on days, speaking of lows on days when you think you're not, I'm not good enough, right? Imposter syndrome just pecks at us. And another story is that even Meryl Streep, who is one of the most award-winning women in cinema in the US, even she asks herself, who am I to win these awards? And so imposter syndrome pecks at us like 
a ton of crows coming at us, trying to eat away at our, our purpose and our vision. But on those lows that I have as an entrepreneur, I have to think about that it's not about me, truly, Ruby. Like, yes, I come alive doing this work and I can't imagine myself doing anything else, but it truly is for the people that Come Alive Co. gets to serve. And when we as women truly flourish in our businesses, we impact society. There are stats that say that women funnel back into their society, funnel more money than men. And so truly by unleashing women into their capacity to run businesses, we are truly making the world a better place, families a better place, women more accomplished and feeling aligned with themselves. And so that is what gets me out of bed and keeps me going even when imposter syndrome says, who do you think you are? Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, I I really, I really relate to that. And I'm, I feel sad, like my heart is breaking for your friend that, you know, has unlimited potential and, I, I can't even imagine what that's like. Let's just hope that things turn around and he has that aha moment again and he, he picks up his camera and, and things change for him. Using your gifts every day and your creativity can be really fun and that's the work that you want to be doing. But then to actually run the small business and the nuts and bolts of that is... A, scary, but also sometimes it's it's not the work that we really want to be doing. So it's it's being able to balance both, especially in the beginning. And then once you start to grow, see where, where you can hire people and outsource and things like that. So, yeah, it's it's a real balance. And, and often for creative women, I find it's it's a challenge in the beginning. I'm not sure if you agree. And and for creative women like ourselves, we want to be, we'd love to be doing strategy and all of these things all day. And then sometimes the emails are just sitting there haunting us. Really? Yeah, the emails. <laughs> Don't even get me started on the admin work. I mean, I hired my first employee this year, an assistant who can help take all of that off my plate so I can focus on the creativity, the vision, the connection with people. And I totally agree, Ruby, and I'm not sure if you've heard of this. Um, I don't know if you would call it an analogy, but I've heard that in businesses, you need three different roles, the creative type, the entrepreneur and the operator. Mm. So the creative type is the one who really is focused on the, the, the artisan value of the product that you're creating. So they're always making sure that it's like up to par quality standard. Then you have the entrepreneur who dreams big, like nothing can stop the entrepreneur. They're like, oh, I'm going to start a calligraphy business. What about all over the world? And I'm going to go do everything. And the entrepreneur yeah. just dreams so big and cannot be stopped. But then you have the operator who is that admin work that so many of us as creatives kind of shut down because <laughs> we're like, oh, that's so boring. But this is a person who really operates and makes sure that everything is up to standard across the whole business so that you treat your customers the same, so that you're consistent mm -hmm. in everything you do, which truly refines a business as a whole. And so I've heard that you are naturally one, you can be a second, but you can't stretch and do all three. Mm. So when it comes to being a creative who is starting a business, I would like to challenge everyone out there that as you grow, there are also other ways that you can take your creativity to a different level. For instance, for me, I'm a copywriter by trade because words are my creative art. However, I realize that when spoken, words have the power to affect people one-on-one. -on -one. 
and to really make them light up and to really change the way that they go about their business. And so for me now strategy and encouragement and empowering and equipping is another way that I take my creativity, not just on the paper, but now in people's lives. Mm. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. It's, it's almost the reverse of what we were just saying is that you can also learn to filter your creativity through other parts of your business by either expanding your services or by ensuring that that personality and this is something i actually was talking to my husband about you so there you go <laughs> you're famous in our household and i was saying i love shay because there is that consistency and and written word really is your is your jam i know but there there is that consistency through the the instagram posts through the video and the spoken word that you just you just mentioned and then through the emails as well i felt your personality come through the emails and i think that is one way that you can actually say hang on i can actually thread my consist my personality into my my email copy and and that might be a fun way to make this feel a little more creative and not so dry <laughs> boring yeah definitely thank you for that compliment also and I'm sure we'll talk about this, but that's the power of your brand story is creating this consistent voice and messaging across all your platforms. So no matter where somebody meets you, it's a consistent handshake across your email, your website, your Instagram, or even meeting in person like we are now, quote unquote, in person yeah. until I can make my way back to Australia because it's my favorite place. <laughs> Yes, and that reminds me of a book that I recently read, Donald Miller's Building a Story Brand, which is very, very well known. So some of the listeners out there might have read this book too. You don't need to go out and, and read this book tomorrow. It, it is great if you want to go deeper on your brand story, but and it's something that that I have a personal interest in and in, in helping to understand for clients. But this is really your this is really your secret sauce. And what you are unbelievable at is understanding brand story. And this is a term that I see around the place a lot, as well as brand strategist. And I think brand strategy is it's it's one of those things that is copywriting it can be the graphic side it can be all different layers of your marketing strategy but in terms of what you do it is mainly centered around the world words and particular the brand story and i feel like that is probably the thing that you need to get right first <laughs> and i'm sure you're about to say that but for the listeners that might not be familiar with this term brand story can you run us through very quickly what that entails and why it's important for us to get right from the get-go if we can definitely definitely i love talking about brand story and thank you for the high compliments ruby that's amazing so breakthrough brands which i call the ones that break through the noise because by the way, if you don't know this, your aligned customer is seeing 4,000 to 10,000 ads a day. And so in order to break through the noise, you need to show up and be consistent. And so 
brand strategy, like you mentioned, is having a holistic presence across your online and offline spaces. Now, where your story comes in is that it is your unique message that lives across every channel you appear on. It describes who you are, what you offer, and it inspires your aligned audiences to action. So I think Jeff Bezos of Amazon said that your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. I like to say that your brand story is what gets those people out of that room and running to find you right away because they're that excited to buy from you. And I do want to say here that your brand story is both the word you use, the copywriting aspect, but it's also the feeling you emit. It's your tone, your energy, your values. What I like to ask myself all the time through every piece of content we put out is, how do I want to make my aligned audiences? So Ruby, when you complimented us on being consistent across social media and email and now, that's one of the highest compliments I can get because truly at the end of the day, how we want to make our audiences feel is celebrated and seen and able to go after those big visions. And so consistency is so important and it really does start with the story behind the words that you put out. Yes, yes. What's some elements of brand story? Maybe you can, can give us a little sneak peek into the work that you do. <laughs> of course. So I do, I love that you brought up Donald Miller. He, I don't want to say he's a pioneer, but he's definitely one of the most well-known right now who's talking about brand story. He really revolutionized the way that we look at Joseph Campbell's teaching of the hero's journey. And so a story, just a story, what it normally is, think about your favorite movie. So it follows a protagonist who is on this journey and he needs to overcome some kind of villain or battle in order to reach this happy ending where he realizes his full potential and everything he wants in life in just a short hour and a half, right? Like this is our life in an hour and a half's worth. But the reason that we as the audiences love these movies is because we see ourselves in the protagonist and we see ourselves overcoming similar challenges and getting, you know, the, the title, the man, the money, whatever ending it is that we're looking for. And so brand story, some elements of it show that your customer is actually the hero of their own journey. And we as business providers, as service providers, are the ones who are here to guide them over their challenges to this happy ending with our unique But I realized there was kind of a gap, Ruby. There was a gap between us being women and really putting ourselves into our businesses that wasn't being honored by that structure. And so I started building my own framework, which shows that your brand story also infuses elements of who you are and what you believe and the difference that you're here to make on your customers and the world at large. And so on top of the hero's journey at Come Alive Co, we also teach that your personal story, which I call your personal legend, is a huge part of your story. And truly it's what makes people connect to you. So dropping a little stat here, people are about 70% more likely to connect to a person and not a business. So if you have an Instagram account and you're a calligrapher or a photographer and you're only showing your work, I want you to know that people buy from people and not businesses alone. People want to know who you are. They want to know what you value. They want to look at your shared likes and dislikes. I can't tell you how many times I or my clients have had people come to us and say, 
oh my gosh, you talk about oat milk lattes? That's my favorite drink too. Did you write that just for me? Or I had a client who has two pit bulls and her clients think, oh my gosh, you have dogs too? I love dogs. And so it's these little tidbits about ourselves, our, our personal side that people really connect to. And as a small business owner, it's really important to share those things. And so I would say your story is not just how you serve people, but who you are and how you can create those connection points that make you a more authentic and tangible person. That's, that's really cool. And I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a second because I, 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 I share exactly the same thoughts on that as well. And it's something that I encourage clients to do with their content. And even if that it is at a minimum is taking us behind the scenes of your process, if you're a creative and I think one example, I don't know if you know of Austin Cleon. Do you know he still like an artist? Mm -hmm. And something that he does amazingly well is he shows us behind the scenes of his process and he'll show you his desk every single day. And then um, he shows you other little things to do with his family now and again. But I think I get a lot of pushback from clients who really want to draw a wall there. And maybe you get this as well. Oh, I don't think that's relevant to my brand. I don't know if it's showing my work in, in the best light. I don't know if I really want to include my family or, um, whatever it might be. There's always a thousand excuses as to <laughs> why they don't want to want to do it. But then when they do do it, the obviously the results speak for themselves. What would you say to someone that is having resistance, that wants to just show their end product and their perfect work and not the raw process that an artist takes to get her work into the world? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question, Ruby. And I love that you and I both deal with that pushback. I would say three things. So number one is it's up to your level of comfortability. I will say that first. I think there is pressure on social media to make your brand like everyone else's. And if you truly aren't comfortable with sharing certain aspects of your life, like your family or what you do on the weekends, then don't. Nobody's forcing you to. But second, I will say that as brands, we do need to make a personal or a point of connection. And so as many, or you might be a creative in like calligraphy or photography. And I keep going back to this because I just spoke at a calligraphy summit. And <laughs> when I type calligrapher into the Instagram search bar, I see tons of people who have work, which to an untrained eye looks honestly the same as everyone else's, no offense, but talking about brand story, your customer is the hero of your story. And so if I, uh, your customer, don't understand the difference between a flare or I don't even know any other calligraphy terms, <laughs> if I don't know the difference, then you're spending a lot of time, honestly speaking to other calligraphers by the work you do. Mm. And so if you are truly looking to, br to branch out, to break out of this um, sea of sameness, which so many of, of us call in, then show us something that is unique not just your work, but something you like, something about you, whether that's, I don't know, something like coffee or um, something that I did teach the calligraphy summit is that 71% of people are more likely to buy from brands that share their own values. And so I've seen even calligraphers 
um, use their calligraphy to put quotes. Like this one quote that this one calligrapher said was, don't try to monetize all your passions. And so she's speaking to a value here, which is about having a full life, not just working for money. And so I truly think that there are fun ways that you can play with your work in a way that shows your personality, not, um, not in a way that shows like maybe your family or something that intimate, but show something of what you believe or something that you like or don't like. Oh, that is gold. And I'm so glad you went through that because I think that will give the listeners who have some hesitation around that, that next level of clarity. One thing I would add to that as well, because this is the side of marketing that I play in is around understanding your niche or what I call your dream clients or customers. And I think if you are out there in a sea of sameness, your clients don't really know if your work is for them because they're looking for alignment. Like you said, they're looking for values, similarity. Does this person like what I like? And so on the flip side of that, if you show more of that stuff, you have the opportunity to attract more of the people that you really want to work with. Uh, so it gives that, that next level of depth to your, to your content and to your story. And hopefully through that, you connect with the people that you really want to work with, which sometimes when we start our businesses, we're trying to get lots of work, but we want to get lots of the right work with the right people. And I think if you can start out doing more of that, then you'll, you will attract those people you really want to work with. Yeah, definitely. I love that you brought that up. And also I forgot that I said three points. <laughs> I was like, I know I'm going to forget this. I should write this down. The third point, speaking to your hesitation to everyone listening is truly get quiet with yourself and ask yourself, why am I afraid of showing up? And I wanted to bring this up because as it's Women's Day, we as women can feel like, especially when we come from a corporate background, like, hey, play smaller, be safe, use your social media for professional purposes and not to show anything personal about you. And so, so many of us have been trained to show the what of what we do and not the who we are or the why. But if we started our own businesses, I'm sure that there's a connection between your own heart and passion that you're just dying to bring out into the world. And so, yeah, I would just really encourage everyone listening to get quiet and really question yourself where those fears are coming from, because only you can answer why you have that hesitation of showing up. And Ruby, I love that you have had experience with bringing clients into this more like breakthrough process of showing themselves. Not only is it a way that connects to your customers, but it helps you connect to yourself too. I truly believe in helping people come alive in who they are as people and not just business owners. And when we can really be ourselves on Instagram or wherever, there's so much fulfillment. Like Ruby, I will I'll bring this up because this last year, our whole went through this crazy rocking of social justice. And I, I love dancing. That's one thing that makes me come alive. And so social media and I just danced and I was talking about like, you know, justice for all and really espousing values that I would never have been able to share from a corporate setting. And my clients, seriously, my clients love me even more for that. They said, don't ever dim your light. Don't ever change. We don't want to see this side of you die. And on top of that, Ruby, speaking of a tangible business value or business outcome from this, I was away on a month long trip, just taking a break. And we had a client come to us, our highest paying client who said, I found you through Instagram. I love your values. I only want to work with you. And she signed that day. So there is a tangible 
tangible and also intangible results of showing who we are online. Yes, yes. I, I could talk about this for days, obviously, <laughs> because it's it's a passion of mine as well. And I think even if this is a way for you to break through your comfort zone by testing the waters with your content, then then do it. Do whatever you can do to elevate your confidence and share more of yourself because like you say otherwise you are going to be dimming your light and that's that's sad for us on the other side of it one thing i wanted to talk about finally before we wrap up the interview is writing copy because this is obviously where you shine that is your that is your absolute gold is bringing incredible copy into the world and teaching others how to write amazing copy I know that when people want to start writing content and being more consistent, shall we say, there's there's often this desire to structure their content and that really helps them to be more consistent because they realize that writing content based on your emotions, as in when I feel like writing content, I write it. <laughs> hasn't really worked for them. They're not consistent and perhaps the results are showing for them in, in their business. One element of that is not just the, say we're talking about a Facebook or an Instagram post, one element of that is, is, the, is the images and the creative, but the other element of that is the copy and what you're writing. And for some people that can be a huge barrier because they never felt like they're a great writer. They have lots of stories in their head about, about their writing and about their words. And I'm, I'm sure you can come up with a ton of examples of people who have said that they weren't great writers and then next minute, hello, like <laughs> superstar copywriters. So what do you think it is that has us fear writing copy so much and part of it might be this this capacity to allow ourselves to be seen and maybe you could share with us some ways that we can learn to practice and overcome that fear definitely definitely and i love ruby that you connected it to the last point because i would say that the number one fear of writing is being seen Oh man, this makes me so emotional because especially as women, you know, like, again, I mentioned my background, like being Filipina, being Christian and being a woman, that's like the trifecta I'm told to sit down and shut up, really um, be seen, but not heard. And so we spend so much of our lives thinking, who am I to say anything? My voice doesn't matter. There's even been a study, Ruby, that women speak faster than men because we rarely get a chance to speak. And so when we do speak, we hurry ourselves along so as not to like step on anyone's toes. Oh my goodness, it is our time to shine women. It is our time to stand up, to take up space and shout boldly from the rooftops that who I am and what I have to say matters. And so number one is again, understanding where that fear comes from, that resistance to showing up. Because I am here to tell you, that you have unique gifts and an audacious vision that can serve only the people that you can. There might be other people who do what you do, but no one does it like you. And so no one can receive a message the way that you'll share it. 
And so that first fear, I would say, is the fear of showing up and believing that our voice and our vision has value. That's the main thing that I'll speak to now. Um, but the second thing that you asked about is how can we learn to practice copy and overcome that fear? So people come to me and they say, I'm not a great writer. And I'm like, okay, but do you talk to people? Do you have conversations with friends? Do you have friends? And normally, normally they say yes. So let's let's work from that standard right now. I know we've been in lockdown for a while and many of us have forgotten how to talk to people, but it's okay. Let's get back into it because the world's starting to open up. And so what I would say is not to go out and take a copywriting course or not to binge Stephen King novels to make yourself a better writer. Even when I ask my creative director to teach me how to write, he's like, I don't teach you how to write, you just, you just speak, you just write. And so I'm gonna say the same thing to all of you listening. It's know that you have something to say and that your voice has value and space. From a more tactical sense, like we talked about earlier with Brand Story, number one, know who you're talking to. Understand your aligned clients and your audience and those shared points of connection that you can talk about to get there. Whether it's how your service makes their life better or something personal like liking oat milk or pit bulls, <laughs> like I talked about as well. Secondly, know why you're uniquely qualified to serve them. Something that I help my clients go through is this exercise that shows them why you are the one person to serve the very people you are here to. That includes your tangible and intangible qualities. So your tangible being your experience, like remind yourself that you are a bad A at what you do. You have the experience to do it, but also you have the intangible qualities. You have the heart to do it. You have the heart to connect customers. I was looking at these stats, Ruby, that in the US, at least, women-owned businesses generate $1.8 trillion a year, and a ton, I'm sure, in Australia. 40% of our businesses here are women-owned, and women-owned businesses added half a million jobs between 1997 and 2007, which shows me that business is really leaning toward an empathetic side that we women are able to come alive in. And so know who you're talking to, know why you're unique to serve them, which helps you show up with more confidence and eunice Eunice, as in Y-O-U-Ness. I just made up that word, Ruby. I'm a copywriter. I can do it. And then finally, like I said earlier, ask yourself, how do I want people to feel when they read anything I write? Do I want them to feel excited and able? Do I want them to feel at peace? And then really, imagine that you're just sitting down across from your ideal customer, your dream client, and they're coming to you with their problems, saying, hey, I need calligraphy for my wedding. I don't know if my wedding's going to happen the way that I want it to. There's so many details. Or, um, Ruby, I want to start this business, but I don't think I'm qualified to do it. What would you say to them as a friend? Treat your copy as a conversation, and I guarantee you, your brand is going to come to life like no one else's in your industry can. Uh, amen. <laughs> that is... That is the perfect, perfect note to end on. I feel like this has been um, incredible to record today on International Women's Day because we get to really support you and help you, as Shay would say, come alive and share more of your, your gifts and your spirit with the world because it's, it's really sad if if we don't deny ourselves that possibility and then deny the world that possibility. So 
if you can take anything away from this conversation, which there is so much to take away, think about your copywriting like you're having a conversation, bring it really, really back to basics and you'll have so much more of a fun time with your copy as well. I think that's the other thing is this doesn't have to be a burden for us. It can actually be something that we really enjoy writing, especially if we're thinking about it, as you said, like having a conversation with a girlfriend. So I'm so glad we ended up on that point because that's something really easy and really actionable for the listeners. Now you have a fantastic mastermind that I believe is kicking off or may have already kicked off. Uh, this episode is going to go live in the next couple of weeks. We're in March, the second week of March. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about what that is and where the listeners can find you if they want to hang out with you more. Definitely. Thank you for introducing the mastermind. This is actually the first round we're doing it. Uh, speaking of being quiet and being really intuitive and knowing yourself, I meant to kick it off in September, but I was going to do it as like a website copywriting mastermind. But then I realized you can't really write a piece of content unless you truly know your story and your message. And so this is bringing it back to basics. Like you said, we spend eight weeks together, me and amazing women, and we really talk about their story, the foundation, which is their ideal client as well as them. How do we make them come to life in their own businesses? And then I bring them through my three-step framework for brand story. It's for empathetic leaders who are trying to make an impact on the world. Those three parts include your original message, as well as your about, you know, your personal legend, as I called it, as well as statements to sell with soul, because I don't believe in sleazy, non-ethical marketing, but I believe we women, women are changing the way that marketing is done to be more of a connection rather than just conversion. Mm. And so I'm teaching these women how to really come alive by meeting their customer and meeting themselves in a way that they can bring out the words through copy as well as energy on page. So they have this holistic brand story across all of their touch points that their customers can meet them on. And so that's the eight weeks that I bring these people through. And I'm just so excited to make them come alive in all those different points. And if you're interested in getting to know me more, I love encouraging everyone to come alive in their gifts and vision. So you can follow me at comealive.co. That's comealive.co. So thank you so much, Ruby. Yeah. And you're on Instagram, Facebook. Where is, where do you, where are you hanging out most? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I am mostly posting on Instagram at comealive.co. I also have a free newsletter there with a resource called Three Steps to a Brand Story That Sells. That has been super helpful. You can go get that for yourself. Um, quietly, I lurk on TikTok at comealive.co. I laugh so much talking about creatives. I swear that TikTok is like the cesspool of creativity. People have no boundaries there. They just go and share their gifts. So if you're looking to be inspired or to laugh the way that Ruby is laughing quietly right now as I watch her on Zoom, go to TikTok. Maybe you'll find me lurking there, liking everybody's posts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, But make sure you do it in your lunch break. Okay, people. <laughs> <laughs> copywriting first then you can TikTok as a reward <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh it's been such a pleasure to talk to you today Shay you are really uh so so beautiful to to be with even though it is across the screen but your energy comes through you are definitely someone that really embodies the values of their brand and their vision for the world so, so well. So I'm really thankful that you took the leap. And even at the top of your career, you said, 
no, this, there's something more to this and that eventuated in in your own business and your entrepreneurial journey. So thank you so much, Shay, for being with us today. Oh my gosh, really, my heart is bursting the same for you. Thank you for leaping from your corporate experience to guide so many women to come alive in their gifts and vision and also for holding a space for women like me to just encourage and inspire. So thank you for doing what you do. Keep going. I love your Julia Roberts smile and your you, you Ruby heart. <laughs>